0: hey uh the video announcement shared the next week we are going to be celebrating and honoring our veterans and we are thankful uh, for our veterans and in the past if you've been around here for a while we used to have uh, first responder and veteran sundays um, but we have in the last couple years we have kind of separated those and we wanted to take some time today to honor first responders and so if if you're someone who is a first responder you or police, or or firefighter, or drive an ambulance, or work in the medical field, uh, we want you to know how thankful we are for you. And uh, our society uh, would not be the same if it were not for so many people that just help uh, create a safety net for us as first responders in so many ways. And so um, in the cafe, uh, we have a, a gift for all of you. Uh, that are first responders, and we want you to know that, and we want you uh, to maybe on the way out uh, pick something up, but um, if you're here, I would love for you to stand up. If you're a first responder or have ever been a first responder, would you stand up so we can thank you for what you do and have done? Awesome. First responders are always so hesitant to stand up. They're like, they're like "Oh, I, because you do what you do uh, because you're servants, um, and you don't do it for a thank you." But we don't say thank you enough, and so we want you to know as a church, we love you, uh, we're grateful for you, uh, and we we don't we don't do that enough. And uh, so I'm just I'm thankful for the opportunity uh, to be able to do that, and uh, we'll we'll talk to our veterans next week about it. But I just uh, we wanted to have a special time just for our first responders, uh, because they're such an important part of our society. Um, if you have never read this book, I'm going to do a little bit of a spoiler for you this morning, and so I'm uh, just giving you that heads up, but since the book is over 50 years old, I feel like it's okay for me to do this. Um, so uh, about a little over 50 years ago, a book came out called Henny Penny. Uh, Some of you have read this book. Uh, Many of you have forgotten the details of this book, but I want to just recap the highlights of this as we jump into today's message, because this is a really great way to start where we're at. This book, although it came out a little over 50 years ago, the story itself uh, goes back about 2,500 years Um, So it has been retold in many different ways, in many different forms, but the essence of the story is always the same. The, The way the story goes is Henny Penny is out scratching under a tree looking for some worms and an acorn falls from a tree and hits Henny Penny on the head, leaves a bump on her head and Henny Penny, not knowing what happened and feeling the fear and the pain, decides that the sky is falling. That's right, some of you are with me on this story. And uh, so Henny Penny decides it's her job to tell the king that the sky is falling. And so she races off to go tell the king, and as she is going, she runs into Ducky Lucky. And Ducky Lucky Uh, says, what's going on? What's going on? And Henny Penny says that the sky is falling. The sky is falling. And Ducky Lucky is a little bit hesitant to believe this. But when Henny Penny points out the bump on her head, she convinces Ducky Lucky that the sky must be falling. And so Ducky Lucky joins her and begins to tell everybody the sky is falling and we must tell the king. So as they're moving along, they come across Turkey Lurkey. These are great names. Uh, Ducky, I mean, really creative names. Uh, they come across Turkey Lurkey, and Turkey Lurkey is again hesitant to believe. But when Henny Penny points out the bump on her head and the fact that Ducky Lucky has joined in and is believing this, Turkey Lurkey decides, well, the sky must be following. And so the three of them go off to tell the king that the sky is falling. The sky is falling. And along the way, they come across Goosey Lucy and Cocky Locky. Again, really creative names here. Um, And Goosey Lucy and Cocky Locky, they're hesitant to believe too, but because Ducky Lucky and Turkey Lurkey are following, they jump in. And before you know it, there's mass chaos and all kinds of hysteria as they're racing to tell the king that the sky is falling. And this is just a a beautiful, beautiful story of how fear is contagious, how how fear uh, can capture us. And sometimes when we we don't really know all the details, but we're afraid of something and and we're filled with anxiety and fear about something and and we haven't figured it all out, um, that uh, we can become panicked and how quickly we can recruit other people to be filled with fear along with us. And one of the other things that this story does is it teaches us about the consequences that can come when you're filled with hysteria and fear, and you've recruited other people to join you, and how you can make some really poor choices when you're being fear-driven And when you're running your decisions in your life through a lens of fear and anxiety, because some of you might remember the very last character that they run into in the story is a character by the name of Foxy Loxy. And Foxy Loxy convinces them that he knows a shortcut to get to the king's castle, And if they will follow him through the woods, he will bring them on this shortcut. And so Foxy Loxy along the way is telling them about his family. And as they had gone a long way, he said, hey, why don't we stop and rest in my den? Would you like to meet my family? And so they all, of course, say, oh, please, we're tired. And and, and the last page of the book of Henny Penny is this. Now two things didn't happen after that. The sky didn't fall, and no one met with the king. But Foxy Loxy's family still talk about the wonderful feast they had that day. We can make some really poor decisions. So, Spoiler alert if you've never read that. Sorry, I just ruined the tail end of the book for you. Uh, but the, the heart of this story is how fear can drive us how it can be contagious and how it can lead us to some really really bad decisions and so um As we continue this series on living with hope and optimism in an age of fear and pessimism today, I just want to talk about fear a little bit. I want to talk about what causes us to be afraid. I want to give some practical uh, advice of just how we can deal with that fear. And then I want us to look at the most important thing of what Scripture can teach us about the hope that we can find in the midst of fearful situations. And last week, if you missed last week, we talked about some reasons to be optimistic and And we said the number one reason that we should be optimistic is because our biggest problem has already been solved. And so when you think about your biggest problem, it's it's not a financial problem, it's not a relational problem, it, it's not a, some situation, it, it's not the, the coming up election, uh, and it's not the different things that you'll hear from either side, you know, about uh, what'll happen if the other side wins, whoever the other side is for you, um, that no matter what you get so worked up and filled with fear about, your biggest problem is none of those things. Your biggest problem is that you have rebelled against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And God said go this way and you went nope I want to go this way. That's your biggest problem. That's my biggest problem. And our biggest problem has been solved because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And because of what Jesus did on the cross we don't have to pay the penalty of our sin and our rebellion against the king of kings and the lord of lords and so uh, we just talked about how if for no other reason we should be people of hope because of that Uh, but today uh, i i just i thought this henny penny book was such a a fitting introduction uh, to this idea of fear and the contagion of fear And the problems that it can cause for our lives. And so uh, over and over and over, the Bible gives us insights on how we can overcome our fears. And uh, the reality is, is there are a lot of things we should be afraid of. There's some there's some good things that you should be afraid of. Listen, if you don't know this right now, I'll just tell you: you should be afraid of spiders. Um, they're just horrible, horrible creatures. Okay, and if you ever walk through a spider web and there's like a spider right there on your face, you should scream like a girl. If you're a guy, and then you should scream like a girl if you're a girl. Like, but you should be afraid. Just be in terror. All right, like that. That is a good thing for you to know. You should be afraid. You should run and swat and just. That's okay. That that's in fact God put that in you so that you knew you should be afraid of those awful creatures called spiders. Um, but the thing is, is worry and anxiety uh, sometimes, like Henny Penny, we don't know why we have it. Sometimes it overcomes us, and, and we don't understand where it. Co- you know, the the acorn hit Henny Penny's head, and she just assumed the sky was falling. But she didn't know all the details, and sometimes we're like that. We, we're overcome with fear. We're overcome with anxiety, and we don't know all the details. And, and sometimes we can't even articulate why we're so afraid, but we just feel this sense of fear and dread and anxiety overcoming us. And what I want us to do is to understand how our brain works a little bit and and how that can happen and just having some understanding of that looking at some practical advice can help us some but then i want us to look to god's word to see how we can overcome some of these things with our brain and and so there's two things that go on in our brain that are really good gifts from god they're they're gifts that the lord has given us to help us to protect us um and and they've They've actually kept us alive in times where there were lions and tigers and bears trying to eat us, okay? I mean, we think about David when David was a shepherd, and, and we hear stories about how he overcame a lion, and, and there were different animals that were trying to kill the sheep. And, and, and the reality is, is some of the things that God has given us were good gifts to help protect us in those kinds of moments. And so one of those is an early warning system that goes off in our brain and sometimes we uh, call it the flight or fight mechanism, right? It's, it's kind of deep in your brain, in this part of your brain called the amygdala. And, and it's not a conscious decision. There's, there's something that you're, you're, you filter through your sight and your senses and your hearing. And, and, and there's just, you're, you're going through and something, your, your brain takes in the senses and your brain tells you, you should be afraid right now. You sh- something bad is, is coming. Something bad is... And it's not even a conscious decision sometimes. It is a completely unconscious choice. Um, and your brain will begin to release certain chemicals or hormones and, and your pupils will dilate. Your breathing will become shorter. Your heart rate will start to get faster. Blood will be distributed to... It'll stop going to certain areas and it'll start going to your muscle system so that you can run... Or so that you can fight, and, and this is a good gift that God has given us. Uh, sometimes, uh, this, this early warning system is kind of like a smoke detector, and uh, you know it, it can be a really good thing to have a smoke. We all have smoke detectors, and, and it's a good thing to have those. But have you ever had your smoke de- detector go off? When you didn't want it to go off and there was no fire. Have you ever had that happen to you? And and just the the panic that ensues of, of what's going on? Or have you ever in the middle of the night had it just start going beep you know like and and you know, you're like, oh no, and you try to go back to sleep, and it waits, it feels, you know, right when you go back to sleep, it goes off again, beep, and see, so finally, you get up, and you, you get a chair, and you're, you're like going under every smoke detector, trying to listen for which one it is, and those are just awful, awful moments, and sometimes our brain is like that. Sometimes our brain, this early warning mechanism that is a good gift from God to protect us, can go a little awry, and sometimes it goes off for no reason. And part of the reason it goes off now for so many people in America is there are so many things that we're hearing and we're seeing and we're in this information age and we're being overloaded by everyone telling us the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And, and so when enough people tell you the sky is falling, your pupils dilate and your heart rate gets faster and, and you start breathing shorter and all of a sudden this flight or fight mechanism starts to trigger in you... And you start to be filled with anxiety, and it's all for no reason, but your brain doesn't know how to filter through what's real and what's not real, because there's so many things coming at us right now telling us the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And so 57, pe- 57 million people in America right now are diagnosed with this thing called uh, generalized anxiety disorder. It's, it's uh, when you hear of panic attacks or, or you hear of people who are struggling with that. One in six Americans right now struggle with this to some degree. And, and so the reality is, is there's probably a good bit of people in our church right now that have been in one of these two services who struggle with this at some level. And all of us struggle with worry and anxiety at some point in our life. And the reality is that sometimes it's legitimate, and sometimes we're worrying and we're filled with anxiety for no reason, and we can't even explain why we're feeling it, uh, because it's this good gift from God that was meant to protect us, but we're so overwhelmed with information, it starts to go off when it shouldn't go off, and so this is this first gift from God that can go a little wrong just because of the sensory overload, if you will. It's kind of like when your smoke detector goes off when you burn some food in the kitchen. There's not a fire; you just, you know, you just cooked something badly, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, but because this goes off, it creates all kinds of anxiety and fearness. But there's another one that couples with this. And these two together create some real problems. And the other good gift from God is this gift that we have where we can anticipate something happening badly and then we can actually do something to protect ourselves from that. And we're the only creature that we know of in God's creation that has this gift. Some animals do this naturally, right? Uh, squirrels know that the winter time is coming, uh, and, and they just naturally are always collecting nuts, you know, preparing for the winter. But they're not doing this consciously because they know they might starve. And it, it's just an instinct for them. But human beings, God has given us this ability where we can think into the future, and we can actually imagine problems that might come and then we can work to solve those problems early. Now this is this is an amazing gift that God has given us. This is a good gift. This is how this works, right? You get in your car and you know that you could have a car accident. So what do you do? You get your seatbelt and you put your seatbelt on, right? Because it will protect you from an accident that might happen in the future. This is an amazing gift that God has given us. You, you have all kinds of medicine in your drawer or in your medicine cabinet uh, for one day if your child or you ever gets a fever or a headache. You anticipate this coming and you stockpile some medicine and you have it ready so that you can solve the problem when it comes. I mean, again, wonderful, wonderful gift until it goes bad. Until your imagination starts getting a little hyperactive. And you start thinking about all of the things that could go wrong and all of the things that might go wrong. And we start to catastrophize everything and we take everything to the nth degree and we think this little problem could be this. And we just begin to imagine how bad it could be. And then when we do that, it's almost like we have a magnifying glass and we take those molehills and we turn them into mountains, And all of a sudden the small things become really big things and we begin to be overwhelmed and you couple an overactive imagination, an overactive worry system about the things that might come, you couple that with your alarm system that says fight or flight, fight or flight, and you put those things together and is it any wonder that there are so many of us that are struggling with fear and anxiety and panic about what might happen because everywhere around us we've got chicken littles telling us the sky is falling the sky is falling it's one of the best ways to sell anything you you show me somebody who's trying to sell you something and i'll t- i'll show you somebody who's selling you something with fear it, it is a great way to sell things right if i can get you afraid of something then you'll buy something to protect you from that fear If I can get you afraid of what might happen if this person is elected, listen to all the the political uh, news things that are coming out right now. Any any story, any uh, person who's trying to get elected, they will tell you horrible, horrible, horrible things that will happen if you vote for the other guy, no matter who the other guy is. And, And so everybody is filled with fear. And everybody is filled with anxiety. And the truth of the matter is, whenever we do that, we've done something like this acronym. And fear is this. Fear is, and in your notes, if you want to write this down, you're like, oh, finally. He's like, some notes. Fear is false events appearing real. False events appearing real. And so there are some things that we should be fearful of. Absolutely, spiders for sure. You should be afraid. You should be afraid. Uh, but 95% of the things that fill us with fear and anxiety, 95% of the things that we catastrophize and we think might happen will never materialize. And so we spend all of this emotional energy being afraid of something that might not ever happen and it is false events appearing real. So I want to just really quickly give us four practical things in your notes uh, that, that can help us, and these are these are practical tools um, that uh, others have shared that that many would share um, when when people are struggling with these things, and they 're good things um, and then I want us to look to the best answers which are in god 's word uh, to help us with, but very quickly, some just practical helps to help you when you 're afraid number one, question your thought pattern just question your thought pattern. When when your brain starts spinning off the worst case scenarios, step back from it and just question that and go, is this rational? Maybe ask somebody you know and love who's a little bit less fearful, hey, does this make sense for me to be afraid of this? And just question yourself. Sometimes uh, looking at it from a a third-party perspective and saying, is, am I using my smart brain right now, um, or am I using my not smart brain? Um, it's just a good way for you to get some perspective on your fearful thoughts. Number two, practice uh, focused deep breathing. And, and really, this isn't about, hmm, you know, this isn't about, mm, you know um, I, but this is just take some deep breaths, because physiologically, right, when you start going into panic, your breath shortens, your heart starts to race and one of the ways you can calm yourself is take some deep breaths for about 5 minutes and as you're taking deep breaths just say lord help me to experience your presence right now and just take some deep breaths and as you as you breathe in just say lord i need your spirit to fill me i need your peace right now and as you breathe out just say lord i'm, I'm going to breathe out these worries and, and I'm, I'm going I'm, to, I need you to do something that I can't do. I, this is overwhelming to me. And, and take, just take five minutes and, and, and deep breathe and slow your heart rate down. And all of a sudden you'll begin to calm just a little bit. And number three, go for a walk or do some physical exercise. I, sometimes the best way to get out of our head space is to just a walk away from your headspace, all right? So if you're so in your head and you just can't get out of your head and you're just thinking, 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 sometimes just focusing uh, on some physical exercise, going for a walk, uh, doing something physical can get you out of that headspace and, and into a place uh, that's a little bit uh, better and, and can create uh, some calm in you. And then finally, just write your thoughts now. And again, these are, just, these are just some practical tips in addition uh, to the best answers from Scripture. But um, sometimes when you take the things that are filling your mind with fear and anxiety, and you just put them on paper, and you write them down and you look at them, they're not so overwhelming. When you realize, oh, like I, I, sometimes you just need to see it, and, and then after you write it down, then you can pray about it. And you can say, Lord, this is what's filling me with fear. And I need you uh, to, to give me the truth of your word over what I'm seeing here on this piece of paper. And, and so uh, being able to, to question your thoughts, being able to write them down, being able to, to take some deep breaths and, and calm yourself, and to be able to like go for a walk, uh, get out of, of the space that you're in, um, these are just some things that can help you in those moments when you begin to be overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. Uh, but here's, here's the thing. How does the Bible help us confront these fears? Because th- those are all good things and, and they're all practical things. But um, we believe God's word has the ultimate answers for us. And it says this in Psalm 46. In Psalm 46, uh, we have this amazing passage where um, there is so much... Uh, truth that is given to us uh, that can help us put things in perspective. And when Henny Penny is telling you the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, it's Psalms like Psalm 46 that we need to read and we need to put in perspective with that. And it says this, God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. I mean, isn't that good just right there? just Man, God's always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. And verse 6 says this, the nations are in chaos. Can I hear an amen? And their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. And verse 9 says this, he causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God, and I will be honored by every nation, and I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. And while today we might think that we're the only people that struggle with fear and anxiety. The reality is, is every single person since Adam and Eve chose to sin and rebel against God and sin entered the world and God's perfect creation was marred and messed up by sin. Every single person has struggled with fear and anxiety and worry, and all kinds of things like that. And and so it is not new to us. We're not alone in this. Um, And that's why when you open up your Bible, there are 400 passages of Scripture that deal with fear, that that deal with overcoming fear, and people being afraid and and filled with fear at different times. This is just overwhelming throughout Scripture. And, And so before the 1900s, um, people, when they were filled with fear and anxiety and panic, they didn't go to therapists, all right? Now, I'm, I'm not beating up on therapists. Uh, many of us in this room have found great help from going to counselors, and, and they have helped us uh, understand what's going on in our brains and, and helped us navigate some of those things. And, and I would say those are all are good gifts from God to you. And, and so uh, nothing against therapists, but Before the 1900s, when people struggled with fear and anxiety, they didn't go to counselors, and they didn't go to therapists. You know where they went? They went to God. They went to God's Word, and they found comfort and hope in Scripture and in things that God gave them uh, to find. And so uh, we have been blessed... Because we have scripture in God's word and God has given us good gifts like counselors. And so uh, in the same way that we believe if you have a medical uh, problem and if you have a medical trouble, we should pray for healing because we believe God heals physically. But we also encourage you to go see a doctor. Go see an oncologist. If you're struggling with, you know, if you've got cancer, um, you should go get the medical help. But we're going to keep praying for God's healing and we know that God can divinely heal. But we know that God oftentimes heals through medical uh, interventions and things like that. And in the same way, uh, we know that ultimately God can provide us hope and comfort and peace. And we know that God has given us good gifts like counselors and things like that. But over and over and over, we see 400 times. And there's one phrase that is found in the Bible more than any other phrase in the Bible. And that phrase is spoken by God, that phrase is spoken by angels. And that phrase is spoken by Jesus himself, and that phrase is this, do not be afraid. In fact, I want you to say that with me. Just say that with me. Do not be afraid. Let's say that one more time. Do not be afraid. Say it like you mean it one more time. Do not be afraid. Oh my goodness, how many times do we need to hear this? How many times do we need this, especially if you're walking through a spider web? Um, that I mean, we, we need to hear the truth of this. In fact, Isaiah 41.10 says this, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and hold you with my victorious right hand. Hand And so uh, the, the first thing that I, I think we need to know in, in the ways that Scripture would help us struggle with fear and anxiety is to pray Scripture, to pray Scripture. So when you find yourself filled with fear and anxiety and you come across a passage like Isaiah 41.10, when you see this passage that that you don't just read it and you don't just realize God is speaking to you in this moment, but that you would begin to pray this passage and and that you would just say, God, would you help me not to be filled with fear? God, God, would you help me not to be discouraged? Lord, would you help me remember that you are with me? Would you help me remember that you are God and you are magnificently big enough to solve whatever it is that I'm facing right now. God, would you help me to trust that you can strengthen me and that that you will hold me in your victorious right hand that that I don't have to be afraid. And and just begin to pray that scripture and be able to find God's comfort as you pray that. And, And when you hear God speaking to you and when you begin to pray God's word, you will begin to find some peace and some comfort. And what will happen is, is the way that you feel will begin to line up with the truth of God's word. And the way that you feel is I'm alone and God can't handle this and this is too big and, and what might happen and all, that's how you feel. But the truth of God's word tells us that God is with us, that God is big enough, that God will care for us. And as we begin to read God's word, as we begin to pray God's word, the truth of his word begins to bridge the gap between how I feel and the truth of reality. And we can begin to find some peace and we can begin to find some comfort. And so the, the other thing, though, is number two there in your notes, is just sing some songs to God. Kind of sing your way out of a dark place. And, and I know some of you, um, you're like, well, I don't sing that good. That's all right. Just do it in your car alone and turn the, turn the music up real loud. It's okay. Um, in fact, the reason that we sing on Sundays in corporate worship is to help kind of practice what we should be doing all week long um and and so the, this is the reason that that i um want to encourage you if, if we can't sing together you're never going to sing alone right i mean uh we, we've got to be able to rehearse how do i sing my way out of some dark places and and the reality is the songs that we sing will impact uh, the way that we feel. And we see this over and over and over with Scripture. We see this um, with King David. Before he was King David, he was Shepherd Boy David, right? And Shepherd Boy David was anointed as king Um, and Saul is the king at the time, and David kind of becomes Saul's assistant, and uh, he's playing some music to calm him down when he gets really upset, and at some point, David decides, I probably need to like get a new job, uh, because whenever your boss starts throwing spears at you, um, just, you know, heads up, you should get a new job, Um, and so David, you know, Saul starts trying to kill David, starts throwing spears at him, David's like, I got to get out of town, so he starts running, Saul's Trying to kill him, he's, he's literally uh, sending his army out to kill David. David, filled with fear, filled with anxiety, is is on the run. And while he's on the run, he goes to a place called En Gedi. and And while he's there at this place called En Gedi, living in caves, living in fear, off of the kind of in these caves next to the the Dead Sea. Um, he's there, um, and there is a fresh water spring there in engeti that's keeping him and his men alive. Um, and while he's there, uh, he begins to write down his fears. And he begins to kind of put them to poetry, and he begins to put them to music, and he begins to sing his way out of a dark place and into a hope-filled place. And if you open up your Bible to the very center... You'll find a songbook that God has given us called the Psalms, and it is literally a songbook filled with songs. Some of those songs are songs that people sang when everything's going great, and they're like, "Yay, God's awesome! Everything's great!" And those, you know, those are good songs to to sing when things are going good. But some of those songs are songs that are songs that David wrote when he was there in Engedi and, and other times when he was in dark and difficult places and, and there are songs that are filled with fear and panic and anxiety and, and filled with all the things that might happen and could happen. But even those songs that are so dark and filled with difficulty and despair, they all end with this idea of, but yet I will trust in the Lord. But even though all of this is going on, yet I'm going to put my hope and I'm going to put my comfort in God. I'm going to put my trust in the unfailing love of the Father. And so one of the things that Scripture teaches us, not just in this songbook there in the middle of the the songs that many have sung before us, is that it's okay to face fear. You will face fear. You will face anxiety. You will face difficult things. But when you are facing those things, the Psalms teach us that that we can sing our way out of those places. Listen, it worked for David and it'll work for you. But you need to practice singing. This is the reason that we do this corporately together. I was writing some of this down even as we were singing this morning. The the songs, You Are Good and, and You're Never Going to Let Me Down. One of the other, you know, You Give Hope. You restore every heart that is broken. I mean, as we sing these lines and as we sing these words, they give us language to sing ourselves out of difficult places during the week. And so what would happen if the next time you're filled with fear, and you're filled with anxiety, and you're, you're filled with worry... What would happen if you began to read through, and in your notes, I actually gave you a whole list of scriptures uh, that, that you should uh, maybe write those down in your Bible. Um, and the next time you're filled with fear, that you would just go open those scriptures. And you would go read those scriptures, and, and you would begin to pray those scriptures and say, God, would you help me not to be filled with fear right now? Would you help me to put my trust in you? And, and you would begin to bridge that gap between your feelings and the truth that God's word teaches us. What would happen if you did that? What would happen if the next time you began to be filled with fear, you begin to sing your way out of that place? And if you don't sing good, just turn the music up louder. Um, you know, that, that you would just sing your way out of the place that has been dark, and that you would begin to find light. And, and what would happen if you would intentionally take your imagination, which is, is a good gift from God, that, that worry system that could project problems in the future, what if you began to turn that very intentionally instead of worrying about you might get cancer and worrying about something might happen to your kid and worrying about uh, this situation and that situation and what happens if the other side wins the election? What, what would happen if instead of focusing on those things, that we intentionally turned our imagination to envisioning God holding us in his right hand, comforting us, providing his hope, providing his help. And if we begin to focus on that, pray through the scriptures and sing our way out of a dark place, I believe we'll begin to find peace in the midst of the storm. So I want to pray for us and for you and and ask the Lord to help us with this. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I I pray right now that you would help each and every person that's here, help each and every person that's online watching this to begin to just have some, some practical tools and helps, but also some, some truths from your word that can help us manage and cope and deal with the many things that are all around us. Lord, as As we are confronted over and over and over again by the message that the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Lord, the the chicken littles are everywhere around us, and the fear is so contagious. And there are so many people that are wanting to drive us to fear. Lord, I pray that in the sea of that fear, we would find your truth. We would find your hope and we would find optimism in the fact that you are God and you are mighty and you are big and and with you by our side, we can overcome anything that this world might throw at us. And so God, I pray that you would uh, help each and every one of us here today. Help help the one who is struggling with panic attacks and they don't know why they're dealing with this and, and they don't They can't even explain why it comes on them. Lord, I pray that in the midst of those things that you would begin to help them find your hope and find your peace, that they would be able to intentionally do some things that would turn their heart away from the things that fill them with fear, towards the hope that they can find in you. And God, as we do these things, may we be comforted by your Holy Spirit. May we find hope in your presence. And we will give you the praise and the thanks when you fill us anew and afresh with your grace. Lord, we're grateful for that. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's sing about his grace this morning. Would you stand as we sing? Listen, there will be things this week and the weeks to come that will fill you with fear and anxiety and worry. My hope is is that as we are confronted with those things, we will filter them through God's word. We'll begin to pray God's word. We'll we'll sing ourselves out of some dark places, and we'll be able to intentionally turn our imagination, that worry system, away from some of the worst case scenarios towards the fact that God is with us, that God is mighty. And that he can hold us through whatever it is we face. May you go from here filled with his peace and his hope and his optimism. And an age filled with chicken littles all around you. You're dismissed.